Hey friends, it's Corey Andrew Powell here, letting you know it's time to treat yourself with an exclusive Motivational Mondays deal at the NSLS shop. Listeners get 20% off shop-wide with the code MONDAYS. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Need a new coffee tumbler? Or perhaps you want to keep it classy with a new hardcover notebook? Well, get them on sale. Listen, with this deal, I'm tempted to trade in my bow tie collection for one of those cute NSLS hoodies. And don't forget, use code MONDAYS at checkout. That's M-O-N-D-A-Y-S. Enjoy that 20% off at shop.nsls.org. And stay motivated, leaders. Stay motivated. Hello, everyone. I am Corey Andrew Powell, and I'm joined today by Steve Empt, who years ago suffered a near-fatal car accident that left him paralyzed from the waist down. But working through that adversity today, he is an educator, author, motivational speaker, and two-time Paralympian wheelchair curler. Steve, welcome to Motivational Mondays. Oh, thank you for having me, Corey. I appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, it was my pleasure. And you know what? Before we get started diving into your book, I want to just ask a fun question because I could have easily Googled this, but I've never had the chance to ask someone, can you mm-hmm. explain to me, what is curling? Like, what is actually <laughs> happening when that when I see the the stick moving? Like, what is, what's going on? What, what is it? What is right, it? Right, right. Well, I, we get that question all the time. And uh, <laughs> the popularity of sport is growing over the years. But yeah, no, I understand. Curling is just, it's, a, it's the Olympic or the Paralympic sport on ice. Yeah. Where we, there's a 42-pound piece of granite around stone it's called okay and we slide it down the ice and we're basically aiming for a bullseye on the other end of the ice about 140 feet away okay all right the bullseye is called a house but for layman's terms we'll call it a bullseye so we're basically you're trying to get as close to that bullseye as possible now when a stone is traveling down the ice and there's a couple difference between able-bodied curling and wheelchair curling but when you watch the able bodies on tv the olympics you know the, the men's team they're sweeping, it's called, in front of the stone. So what they're doing is they're actually, the friction of the, the sweeping of the broom and the ice is melting the ice a little bit. So it's allowing the stone to go a little bit further or a little bit straighter. So if you see somebody sweeping right away and you watch them curl and you see them sweeping right away, that means that the shooter missed their shot. Oh, uh, okay. So they're trying to like almost like compensate now by Correct. Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yep, and the harder they're sweeping, the harder they're yelling, and the more chaos it is in there, the worst the shot was. Okay. So if you don't see him sweeping at all, it's a pretty good shot. So that's that's basically curling. There's eight ends in a game. A game takes about two hours to play. They're scoring at the end of each end. It's like an inning in baseball. So it's an incredible sport. The main difference, though, between able-bodied and wheelchairs is that we don't sweep. Mm. Because it would be kind of almost comical to uh, watch us try to get down the ice and follow the stone and sweep. People would be falling out of their chairs. It wouldn't be funny. Right, right. So um, we don't sweep. So it's harder on us. Because we, again, you know, we got a 42-pound piece of granite that we have to push down the ice about 140 feet. And I'm aiming for about the size of a basketball or a garbage can lid down the other end of the ice. So it's hours and hours and hours of repetition and trying to learn the ice and just mm-hmm. close your eyes and breathe through the eyelids like a lava lizard <laughs> and let it go. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's an incredible sport. It's an incredible, incredible sport. Well, thank you. And, you know, and I didn't even ask that. I, I want people to know I didn't ask that in a mocking way. I've always been like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to Google this one day and figure out what it is. And I just never got around to it. So I figured, you know what? Next best thing. I had an actual curling guy here. <laughs> I just asked you directly. So thank you for that. No problem. I encourage, I mean, I encourage people, Corey, to go out and, and check it out. It's an incredible sport. 
And if you're in the winter, you know, in the cold winter months anywhere, it gets you through the winter. It's a lot of fun. So I encourage people to go out and check it out. There's curling clubs everywhere. So just drop in and, and try it and you'll have a good time. That's great, man. Well, thank you. Hopefully our listeners will check that out. We have people all around the country, 1.5 million uh, members. So someone out there is in a cold area. So y'all pick up <laughs> curling. Pick up curling. You heard it from Steve. So awesome. So Steve, your book called You Decide, and you use the word decide as an acronym. You spell it out. It's D period, E period, C period, I period, D period, E period, you decide. So tell me about that book, why you wrote it, and what was the inspiration behind it? Well, I've been told my entire life that I need to, to write a book because I've been through so much in my life and I have so much to offer and I can go out and impact other people's lives. I had an automobile accident at the age of 25 that completely changed my life and flipped it upside down. And, and because of it, I'm in a wheelchair now, probably for the rest of my life. So I, I always wanted to write a book and I always wanted to put my, my life into it and my experiences and share everything with people. Didn't have any time. You know, well, it takes a lot of time to write a book. COVID hits. We got plenty of time now, so <laughs> right, right. just start writing and writing and dumping everything. And it was so so cathartic. It was so it was it was a great time doing. It was a lot of fun. So basically, my book through my book, I'm empowering people to be the hero of their own lives. It is you decide. The subtitle is the six step action plan to become the hero of your own life. So many people nowadays are stuck in their own ways and they're looking for outside influences and, and inspiration and motivation to go out there and get things done when all, all we need to do is look inside ourselves. We all have it inside of us, Corey. We are capable of doing great things. We will. Not we can, but we will do great things when we have a plan and we're motivated and we're inspired and we're passionate about it. We're going to do great things. So we all have that inside of us. The book, literally, the, the you know, it's a six-step action plan. The D, determine that a change needs to be made in your life. For me, that was my accident. So the motive, main motivation behind the book was getting through my accident and learning to live all over again in a wheelchair. I was a huge athlete before my accident. I was, um, you know, I'm an all-American high school athlete. I was an all-American all soccer goalkeeper. I went to West Point. I was a cadet at West Point for two years. Uh, I, I transferred to University of Connecticut. And I walked onto the basketball team and I played with some future pros like Ray Allen and Daniel Marshall and Scott Burrell, incredible athletes. And then at 25, I made a terrible decision. So now as my rehab is going through and I'm trying to learn life all over again, I remember I'm sitting, I'm, I'm floating around in a swimming pool and I had to decide right there whether I wanted to get out with my life and accept what had happened because there were some dark, dark days for me, Corey. You can imagine there were some dark, dark days where I allowed, key word is allowing these thoughts to come to your mind. I allowed these thoughts of who's going to take care of me for the rest of my life? Who am I going to be a burden on? I'm a vegetable now. Who's going to want me? Maybe this world's a better place without me in it. And I thought about taking my own life and I thought about, you know, I contemplated suicide. Two, three, four days of just dark, dark days. But then I heal, I got into a swimming pool and the water just changed my life. And uh, I'm not a religious person. And if you are, that's beautiful. And your listeners, that's beautiful. Personally, I'm not. But it was like I was born again when I was put in that swimming pool. And I had to make a decision right there in the pool. Do I want to be this negative person I've been for the last week or so where you know, the doctors and therapists would come into my room and I would tell them to get the hell out of my room and I'd throw anything at them and, and tell them to you know, swear at them and curse at them and I'd just leave me alone. I'm going to die. Or do I want to go back to the person I was before, the life of the party? And uh, you know, I'm a public speaker now and I, go, you know, I get on stage and I suck the air out of the audience. I, mean, I, love, <laughs> I love people. You know, bring them on. I love being with people. I love talking with people. I love hearing their stories. So. I had a decision to make right there. And literally, I'm floating around in a swimming pool doing my rehab. 
And I said, all right, I'm done. I'm done being this negative person. I'm done allowing these thoughts to come into my mind. I'm not going to do it anymore. And I said to myself, I got to get out of this pool. I got to get to the gym. I got to get through the rehab. I got to go to the doctors, the meetings, and get out of my life. So the first step in the book, the D, determine that a change needs to be made in your life. Okay. We, we're all in certain situations. A lot of us, we don't like where we're at right now, unfortunately, but we have the power to change that. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't heal. I couldn't go on heal physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually until I accepted that I did wrong, that I accepted that I messed up. Right. This is so, my fault. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, no, you know, please. one part of your story that I didn't really actually realize was that, um, and you've mentioned it twice now. So you mentioned that you made a decision in this situation and you, so this was something that was a result of your action that caused the accident. Yep. And so you raise a really great point, the accountability factor, right? And and you were not able to move forward with your life until you accepted, this is what I've done. And now how do I, I don't want to say fix it, but how do I go forward, right? Yeah. Yep. We can't heal until we accept it. And, and you, you and I know, Corey, life is inevitable. It's going to happen. You know, sometimes life sucks and we're going to get tossed some curveballs and some changeups and it happens and we have to accept that. And a lot of people are, you know, stuck on the events that happen in our lives. But if we just change our focus and I talk about a lot about this in my book, if we change our focus and our attention from the actual event to how you're going to respond to the event, yes, yes. that's how we move on. Mm-hmm. So it happened. Life happens. Okay. All right. Forget about it for now. How am I going to go forward? How am I going to get better? How am I going to heal physically, mentally, emotionally? How am I going to get out of this relationship? How am I going to get a new job? How am I going to move? All these different events that come yeah. to our life. That's what we got to focus on. And until, until we get off of that event, we can't move forward. We can't be successful. We can't heal. And that was huge for me. I denied it. Months. Months of rehab. I denied it. No, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to walk again. I'm going to wake up one day. I'm Steve Amped. I'm the stud athlete. I'm invincible. I will do this. I'm 25. I got my whole life ahead of me. Yeah. No. No. And until I accepted it, then the healing could start in all aspects of my life. So the D, determine that a change needs to be made. You know, and again, whether this is like me making a Paralympic team, me getting through my accident, somebody getting through an abusive relationship, a new job, uh, a moving um, having kids, buying a house, whatever it might be. There's all these great events going on in our life. I mean, life is so beautiful, right? But we got to determine that, hey, something's got to change. Right now we can move forward. Wow. No, that's amazing. And I think what I also found really, really useful and what you're saying too is you don't just have this Pollyanna approach to like change your mindset. You say change your mindset, but then put in a plan of action to make yes. this happen. So that's where, you know, we all have that, talk we hear about oh just positive thinking and you'll be fine okay but that's a little ideological but it's about the action afterwards of how you change your life yep and that's why this is a six-step action plan this will whether it's my life story my book is part memoirs my life my book is the second half is the action plan now whether you take some parts of my life and motivate you and inspire you to move on perfect that's why i wrote it if it takes one step of my action plan to do it perfect all six steps it's easy to follow. You're right there. Next two letters in the decide. Big. First one is the E. We got to educate ourselves. We got to talk to people. To whether again, doctors, therapists, nurses, call that eight hundred number. Whether it's abuse or, or it's drugs, alcohol, Google stuff. Look on the internet. There's so much information out there. And, and in that in that step, I also talk about surrounding yourself with great people. 
taking the good from the good and leaving the bad from the bad. You're going to hear some bad information. You're going to hear some bad advice. All right, yeah, let it come in and then let it go. The good stuff, that's what you keep. And that comes from the great people around you. Surround yourself with people, not people that are going to tell you what you want to hear. That's garbage. Surround yourself with people that are going to expect you to be great. And you, in return, expect them to be great. And it's just, you bring everybody up. So we got to get education. You know, read, educate, find out information. The C, create a plan. Mm-hmm. Create a plan. When I was going through this in my rehab, I had steps. I had all these things written out in my mind. And finally, I said, okay, I got to put them down on paper. And I started writing journal, 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 journal every day about how I'm going to get through this. When I had an opportunity to make the Paralympic team eight years ago, I wrote down seven goals and I wrote them on sticky notes. One sticky note with seven goals. And I posted all over my house, all over my, drove my wife nuts. <laughs> She's trying to have company over and I got yellow post-it notes. I got them on my mirror in the bathroom. I got them on my van and my, my, as I'm driving, I'm see it because we see it, we read it, we write it, we say it, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we got to create a plan. And in that plan, talk a lot about goal setting and the different types of goals and how we make, we create one goal. All right. And then we go ahead and we, we get to it, but then we got to set another one right away. It's a little bit higher and a little bit higher and a little bit higher. And you keep on going and keep on getting better. And the main thing I talk about is 1% every day. Try to improve every day. Just 1%. Mm-hmm. Think about that. You know, just every day. It's something you do. Just try to improve 1%. Boom. You're going to be a lot better tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day. So determine the changes to be made. Educate yourself. Create a plan. First three steps are huge. Wow. That is incredible. And, you know, when it comes to what you said about just sort of accepting things, I think that is where a lot of people have trouble in general. So it's not as if you have to really embrace adversity. I mean, no one wants to hug on, you know, hug a situation that is not fun. But I think what you've tapped into that I've heard a lot of successful people, successful CEOs especially, talk about is this willingness to be adaptable. I'm no longer able to do this, and I have to either be pliable and change my vision or else I'm not going to make it, right? And that willingness to be to be different and to change. And also you tapped into another successful trait I've noticed with CEOs as well, which is you just nailed it, surrounding yourself with good people and also allowing them to be able to shine as well through your greatness. I mean, it's really pretty much how you can survive. No man is an island, so to speak. No, no, no. And, and the greatest leaders and the CEOs and, and sports and all that people out there are surrounded. They only surround themselves with greatness. And greatness is expected of them and they expect it of each other. So they, they just push each other. And that's that's what we need to do. And, and again, you, you said it perfectly as far as adapting. And again, life happens. Life happens. You know, life, life hands you lemons, you make lemonade. Opens Life closes a door, you open a window. I mean, you've, we've heard them all. We've heard yeah. them all. <laughs> all and the it, cliches, it, yeah. All the cliches. And it's really, it's really not that hard, though. It's not, it's not that hard to do because we have it. We all have it inside of us. We are, the human mind, the human spirit, the heart is an incredible, incredible thing. And we have it in, in, right inside of us to do great things. So, Well, you know, I do wonder, although, of course, we want to believe that everything's possible and we will prevail in the end and have a more contented life. I do wonder about in the line of work that you have where you're trying to inspire others, how do you convince people to remain hopeful and optimistic currently in such a very difficult 
time that we're living in, whether it be political landscape or, you know, wars and two years of a pandemic. Like, I mean, it's a lot of stuff happening. So then you compile that onto someone trying to overcome something. I mean, how do you instill hope in people with all that going on? Yeah. It, I mean, it's not a one, one shot deal either. It's not just, you know, come hear me speak or, you know, hire me, come to your company and you're going to go out the next day and change the world. It's not going to happen. So I share a lot about my own life and everything I've been through as far as my accident. I've lost both my parents. I've lost a nephew. I've had awful things happen to me in the darkest of days, again, with my accident. But I've also flipped that around. And so I know it's possible. I know. Yeah, I might be wired a little bit different. I'm a Paralympian. I know I'm a little bit more competitive and wired different than other people. But like again, I can't go say enough. We, we all have it inside of us. And if it's one little iota, okay, fine. We can work together and we'll pull it out. If it's a lot, then boom, it'll, it'll be one meeting. Maybe it is that one you know speech that I gave that inspired you to do it. So yeah, it is difficult. And I understand there's a lot going on in the world and each other's worlds. And you know we don't, we don't know specifically what's happening in other people's worlds, but everything, it's possible. There's a silver lining to everything. And it's a, it is, it's just a mental mindset to switching. And for me, that just came that aha moment in the pool where, yeah. okay, I got to flip, I got to flip this. And I use that word a lot, allow, you know, and, and a lot of the, the people, and I've got some negative people in my life that I don't hang out with, but they're in my life yeah. that are negative. They just, they just allow themselves to be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, they allow these things to come in their mind. They allow things to happen to them instead of going out there and making the change, you know, get up early every day. I'm up at five o'clock every morning. I work out I meditate I do some breathing exercises. I mean, it's just, it just starts my day off. I mean, that's that right there. Before I was doing that, I wasn't feeling as good as I feel now, but that's, that's the way I start my day. And it just fires me up for the whole day. So there's changes you can make physically. There's changes mentally, emotionally, spiritually, religiously. If you are, whatever it might be, there's changes that you can make individually to make your life so much better. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to see that. They don't want to hear that. And they're stuck. And hey, we can work together and I'll, and I'll help you out, get you out of that. Well, that ties right into really going back to when you say, stop waiting for a hero to arrive, right? Be your own hero. That's a very strong statement I saw uh, when I was looking at a lot of the content that you put out. And you mentioned earlier, so many of us are looking for like that sort of silver bullet or someone to, you know, I know this person who like follows Tony Robbins, like around the world. And I said, you pretty much, that's a mortgage that you just spent like over the past 10 years. And she's like searching for something, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, I'm like, I wonder if you're following him around because, you know, you really think that he's going to end your adversity or solve your problems. And maybe there's something that you can do for you. Um, to make that better. So I, I love the idea of like, stop waiting for someone to save you. Yeah. When I was growing up, Larry Bird was my, my hero, Boston Celtics. I bleed Celtic green. Uh, he was my hero. And, uh, when I was 25 years old and I was woke up from my coma and I was told I was never going to walk again, you know, Larry Bird's not going to help me walk. He's not going to help me get through it. The doctors, the nurses, the therapists, as incredible as they are, they're not going to help me get through it. Ultimately it's got to be inside of me and I have to want to do it. Because I was in the hospital with people with the same injury as me that went home and died because they didn't take care of themselves because they weren't right mentally and they weren't strong enough to get through it. And they weren't, a, they didn't accept it and they didn't allow them to, to the healing process to occur. So we all got it. We got it. We, we'll get through this. And um, we just got to keep on, keep going and, and change it for ourselves. You know, again, be your own hero. When I get asked, literally, I get asked now, who's your hero? Boom, right away. I'm my own hero because I've been through a lot. I'm in charge of my own life when I'm 70, 80, 90 years old and I look back on my life, all the great things I did, 
I did them. All the crap that I did and all the failures, which I've had a lot of them, I failed. All right? But with failure, Corey, there's a good one. There's winning and there's learning. There's no losing in life. That's sport. That's life. That's relationship. There's winning and there's learning. All right? You get that other L out of your life, get that losing. You're not a loser. No. We're learning. We're learning. Every opportunity we get, we're learning. Go back to heroes. Again, Michael Jordan. I've had the opportunity to meet Michael Jordan a couple times. A lot of kids, a lot of people would say, you know, Michael Jordan's my hero. No, no, he's a mentor. And in my book, I talk a lot about the difference between heroes and mentors. Mentors come into your life and teach you things, good or bad. You know, Michael Jordan is one of my mentors. I hung out with him in the locker room for 30 minutes. I was actually on a Netflix documentary, The Last Dance. Uh, episode seven, about 56 minutes in, but who's okay. counting? I mean, who, yeah. <laughs> right, I'm going to fast forward. I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to go check it out. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I hung out with him. And that night he taught me. A lot, just in 30 minutes. Like, here's Michael Jordan, the greatest athlete, greatest basketball player of all time, all right, my opinion. But he, he could have gone home to his wife and kids that night for, you know, but he didn't. It was 11 o'clock at night on a Saturday, and he hung out with me for 30 minutes. And he taught me that night that no matter how big you are, you always make time for other people because you can impact lives. And that's what this is about. Life is beautiful. Go out there and smile at people and, and say hi, and greet people. And I'm so glad these masks are coming off because I travel so much with the Carolyn. You know, I'm in airports two, three times a month and I just love looking at people and smile. How you doing? You know, good day. Yeah. You know, yep. That's, that's what it is. Cause you don't know what that other person's going through. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You don't know how bad if they could, they could be contemplating some seriously dark stuff. Just a little smile from you might save their life. You know, I love that you said that because that's been, for me, I'm a very expressive person. I love people as well. I mean, we're very similar in that way. And the mask thing was or has been so difficult because of the nonverbal communication that we are now also masking. So, for example, a little child got in an elevator and she was so beautiful with her little dress on her going to some event. And I was and I she's like like a little doll and I thought, oh, she's so pretty. And I smiled and but you didn't see that. Right. <laughs> right. So it was like this. And inside I'm like, oh, she's so precious. And that would have been just a moment between strangers to say hello with her mother and but it just was completely blocked because of the mask. So yes, I am happy the masks are coming off yes. as well. Because communication and connection is such a big part of the human experience. It is. It is. And that's how you live. You know, enjoy life and love life and go out and just see people and, and you know, get out of your shell. Get out of your comfort zone, too. Get out, get out, you know, stress a lot. Again, I always go back to my book, but that's what we're talking about here. Get out of your comfort zone. You know, do do different things and, uh, you know, live and, and love and laugh. <laughs> you know, that's actually another CEO uh, common denominator. I have spoken to, gosh, I think maybe five or six in general who I can remember who all said at one point they had been faced with an opportunity that they were terrified of or in an environment where they weren't comfortable and they had a decision, am I going to do it or not? And when they made the decision to do it, they were like, I'll figure it out when I get there. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say no because I'll miss out on the opportunity. So the thinking outside the box and not being fearful is definitely a big one. But you also mentioned something else too, the failure one, losing. It's not losing. It's not failing. It's learning. And that's another trait from successful CEOs. They took every opportunity to say, okay, well, that didn't work. Mm -hmm. And then fine tune the plan of action to make it better next time. And that's different than failing. 2018 Paralympic Games in Pyeongchang, we came in 12th out of 12 teams. We were dead last, Corey. We were 2-9. and nine. We were awful. Our team was awful. 
right? And it burned me for about two days. It burned me. I leave me alone. Don't talk to me. I was pissed off the world. You know, fired up. But then, okay, now I got to switch my mindset here. All right, let's learn here. Let's get this out. Let's watch game film. Let's get better. Let's spend more time in the gym. Spend more time on the ice. Training. Yada yada yada. This past uh, three months ago, we were in Beijing. We took fifth place. We were one game out of medal contention. Right now, we're ninth in the world. Before that, we were like 25th. So we're learning. And because of that, because myself and my teammates took that as an experience, and hey, it sucked. You know, we were worse than the world. We were the laughing stock of the competition. Oh, this is the Paralympic Games. We were the laughing stock. We learned that. We learned from that. We took that, and we just moved forward and got better. And now we're the top five, six teams in the world competing for a medal every time we go out and compete and try. So it's 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 huge, huge. Yeah. Winning yeah, and learning. Amazing. There's no losing. Absolutely. The book is called You Decide by Steve Empt, and it's been an absolute pleasure, and I really enjoyed talking to you today. So thank you for your time here on Motivational Mondays. Thank you very much, Corey. I appreciate your time, and uh, thank you to the audience for listening. Thank you for listening to Motivational Mondays, presented by the National Society of Leadership and Success and available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Corey Andrew Powell, and I'll see you again here next week.